yeah, a little complicated absolutely. analogy, but I, I, a little sloppy analogy, but I hope that makes sense. Oh, I get it. I get it. So, you're, I mean, you're trying to identify common threads in 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 what on the surface may seem like vastly differing ideologies, at least the American flavors of them. Because I think, especially like. It's interesting, like the because the well, there's I think that's what's something that makes it interesting is just the so much of like the core American, you know, or your Bill of Rights, basically. I mean, it's it's almost like a religious document, and it's interesting how the American flavors of those various ideologies, whether it's social socialism or or libertarianism or classical liberalism or conservatism, etc. Um, they've all been through that filter, that Photoshop filter to, to run with your Photoshop metaphor. Um, or maybe that's the Photoshop, you know, they're all using, we're all using, we're all using Photoshop or the bill of rights, but we're interpreting it through these different operating systems. And, and you're saying that in your new episode, you're trying to identify the Photoshop (laughs) or whatever. You know what, whatever it is that we're all trying to use, whatever tool it is that we're all trying to use through these different frameworks. Yeah, I don't. Um, maybe I you know, identify. I feel like I've identified it, but it's more like how do you try and address it? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, but sure, for sure. So what? What have you identified? Or do you want to? You don't want to? No spoilers. No, it's not a spo- spoiler. I'm saying like, um, it's it's b- basic, hu- you know, the, the human expression. The, the reason why your constitutional documents can be so simplistic in a way is because we're they're at, at its core. There are like basic things that we want. I want to be able to say what I'm thinking without reprise, right, of, like, or censorship. Um, I want to feel, I want freedom of, of movement and thought and all these sorts of things. I don't want to be afraid of um, roving bands of secret police or, um, you know, in a way, even, like, the, if you're a Fox News viewer and you're afraid of like Antifa is going to come and do, do something, right? You know, I I'm afraid of roving bands of Fox News watching white militia guys. You know, totally. That the those are the same fears. Um. um so there's there's something there where it's like we we want at the end of the day we want our, our to you know life life liberty and the pursuit of happiness as, exactly. as cliche as that sounds that's a pretty that's a pretty succinct and universal expression indeed um, it is absolutely so, you know, how do we interpret that? Um, maybe there are some, you know, maybe there's some some things that we could say there, but 
when we are denying, I think when we're denying that to somebody, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, yeah, I don't want to go, I don't want to go too, I don't really don't want to take this into a, a political direction. So I'm going to sort of has, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to like, it's not that I, it's not that it's a thing of spoilers. I just, I don't want to take this into that direction. That's okay. Um, we can, we can, uh, shift gears. So how about you? What do you, you know, I know last we spoke, you were working on this sort of multimedia project. Where do you stand on that? <laughs> um, it's, uh, well, honestly, like the, the COVID situation kind of forced me to just put a lot of speaking of mundane, just, you know, uh, more put all of that domestic stuff basically because i had my whole family at home for two and a half months every day and we couldn't do anything or leave and i was supposed to and i was still working um so i got the last few months or during that whole our whole lockdown here in in the uk i was really just peripheral peripherally dealing with that stuff and and it's only in the last since really the month of june that i've been revving back up into it um and i mean it's 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 all still basically sitting in my head you know and i'm trying to um it's 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 there's just so many elements that i have you know and so many threads that i've started that I've told myself are going to ultimately be woven together. Um, but it's overwhelming, you know, it's, it's like a, a bit, sometimes I do feel like I've bit off more than I can chew in terms of what I think I can actually achieve or, or and actually, cause it's, it's just so grand. It just got so grand in scale. I mean, it's basically like I'm trying to write, you know, a giant, theory of everything novel you know where i'm just trying to pack it all in into one giant thing um which is you know uh intimidating but yeah i mean there are i i can go into specifics in terms of like um what what those threads are uh, I've talked. I've sent you bits and pieces over the over the last year or so, um, and told you about others. Uh, but um, yeah, I know that's a very vague and not sexy answer to your question. But um, it's still all it's still all floating around. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into specifics. I'm happy to. But. I'm, I'm, I guess I, I, I mean, I remember. I'm fully aware of what you were trying to do. I'm, um, I've read some of it, and I'm, you know, I, I can, I can, I can recall what I've seen. I'm just sort of curious. Has, 
you know, for me, sometimes that downtime from a project can do one of two things. It can feel like it's like stagnating and I feel a little like, uh oh, I'm stolen out. Right. Or, hey, with that time, I've got some fresh perspective and maybe I want to take it in a different well, direction actually, or whatever. Okay. So, yeah. Um, the one thing that, that recently has happened uh, that was exciting for me, it's probably when I tell the, you know, when I tell you about it, it's not going to be, well, it's related to, um, there was a piece of, of research. Uh, remember, I, I sent you that story, that, that short story I had written with the char- these proto-human characters named Adam and Eve, but they were actually an adult woman and an infant boy. And there's this whole kind of almost horrific scene where she uh, cuts out a bone from his crotch, which I'm, you know, his, his baculum. Um, and... Do you, do you recall that? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Okay. That's so, hard. That's hard to forget. <laughs> huh? I said that's hard to forget. Oh my. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I, well, I so so okay. Um, just for the interest of getting this kind of on the record, and it's helpful for me. I'm gonna, I'll give you a little bit of yeah, of, sure. The premise. So basically, it all started when, well, for, just very quick preamble you know i've also told you about my theory of uh of these prime letters that are kind of like a a a a literary equivalent of prime numbers where there are these eight consonants that you can reduce any word in any language you can I, i kind of created this process where you can take any word from any language and you can reduce it down like the same way that you would do a prime factorization of a number, right? So like take the number 100, right? So that's five, uh, the prime factorization of the number 100 is what? Two times two times five times five. So four times 25, right? But so any number that's not a prime number can be broken down like that, right? To their, like their most fundamental elements, right? Uh, and the same idea applies to words. Um, and the whole reason I came up with a method, I mean, it's just, you can, it's very similar to the process of creating a sigil, like a magical sigil, where you take, you write out these words that are a statement of something that you want to happen or whatever, and you, you, you remove the vowels from all the letters, and then you're left with, and you remove any, uh, I think, repeated consonants after that. Um, and then you create uh, a kind of logo that contains, that is, uh, you know, a very compressed single symbol, but it expresses all of the remaining consonants, kind of however you can elegantly compile them. You're familiar with this method, I, I, I presume. For sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's actually kind of similar. And I found out about making sigils after I had come up with this whole theory when i was like hey that's kind of like my thing um and the whole the whole point of it the whole i've told you about this probably more times than you want to hear uh but maybe i never really like whenever i tell people it's like oh but i and maybe i never really you know it's like okay great anyway (laughs) but the whole purpose of it is that it out it's actually a, a a linguistically legit kind of method to to reduce any word down to one of these eight consonants and those consonants are b k l m n r s t and certain other consonants 
uh, that are like children of those one of those eight uh, reduced down to one of those like and and when you reduce any word down it, it, you suddenly find this kind of resonant core to a word that suddenly gives you this really powerful connection to a seemingly totally unrelated word but happens to reduce down to the same prime letters and it's just this it really i find it very satisfying as this interesting method to really map out in a very um kind of graspable way uh these kind of resonant connections between words which i'm sure we agree are extremely powerful objects um whether you believe in magic or not <laughs> or maybe not you know whether or not magic is part of your operating system so to speak um and when i established those letters i decided to explore words that actually express those eight letters very purely and then I broke it down. So I was like, okay, let me find words that actually contain B, K, L, M, N, R, S, T. And I broke it, I started, I broke it into two halves. So I, let me find words that contain B, K, L, M. Maybe those have some kind of special significance, right? Just, that was just what I was, I was just goofing around with like I do and asked myself that and looked it up and found like a Scrabble website, right? That allows you to type in a bunch of letters and it'll just give you a huge list of words that contain those letters. Um, or like for crossword puzzle enthusiasts or whatever. And I type in, you know, BKLM and very little comes up or like words that are like the names of obscure chemicals or whatever, like hydroxy, exo, mexo, mexo, dexatrine or whatever. Uh, it even brings back those types of results. And so then I just started one by one switching. The, like Then I switched the K to a C, basically. That's what I did. And the word baculum came up. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like baculum. I've heard that word before. What the fuck is that? And I look it up, and it's this penis bone that that uh, appears in almost all placental mammal males, uh, and it basically is a, an instinctive. It, it basically when a, a when a male monkey, for example, encounters a, a female in heat, it instinctively just creates an erection. Okay, and Almost all mammals have this. Humans do not. Okay, fine. Um, it's, it, it, for, for, the difference with humans is that we have to be sexually aroused, right? We have this more complicated system. It's not instinctive. I mean, it's instinctive, but it's on a much more, like, uh, there's a lot more, <laughs> uh, you know, um, going on. Uh, it's much more psychological, right? So it's not just this switch. So... Um, then I start Googling baculum and everything, and I find this article, this guy has this theory that in the, the, the Garden of Eden story in the Bible, um, the, word, the Hebrew word for rib, as in the rib of Adam that was used to create Eve, was mistranslated. Um, and it actually is Adam's baculum. Okay? And, and it's basically also supposed to explain the anatomical uh like every male penis has this part on the bottom that's called the rafe which is the ridge which is actually scar tissue which is something that that is the byproduct of when you're a, a zygote in the womb and you know for a certain amount of your development in the womb you're se you're sexless you don't have a sex but then at a certain point your genitals form and during that process, if, it, if you're male, 
that scar tissue, which is the, the ridge on the underside of the male penis that is very pronounced when it's erect, um, that's, that's when that happens. That scar, those, that's when that scar tissue created. But in the, this guy's theory, he says this is the kind of biblical explanation for that uh, scar on the penis. Um, and so I, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I actually fucking emailed the author of the, this guy. He wrote a whole, wrote a whole book about it. Uh, and exchanged a couple emails with him. Really nice guy. But he's this professor of, of Jewish studies in somewhere in California. Um, so then I just took, I ran with this idea. I'm like, what if just like other Bible stories, like the flood myth, you know, where we can, we can trace the flood myth to all of these ancient variations, right? Um, and there's all these different versions of the flood myth. What if there, you know, surely there's much, all these different versions of the Garden of Eden story, but what if there were all of these lost versions of the Garden of Eden story um, that are all totally plausible things that may have happened in the past with a man and a woman, uh, you know, a proto-human male and female? And what if I invented this whole conspiracy theory that proto-human women basically bred modern human males by proactively removing their baculum or their bacula because it was they desperately needed that to happen because they were basically you know proto-human males were when they still had bacula were these violently aggressive sexual predators basically because it was pure bestial instinct right and so i i've come up with this whole theoretical conspiracy theory that in ancient, you know, prehistoric times, this happened with all of these different men and women where they literally, you know, all of these different events occurred where, uh, um, you know, men or men's baculums got ripped out either accidentally or, de- or deliberately. I mean, it's very horrifying kind of stuff, but, and so I came up like, I want, I want to write these 10 stories all involving a, a, a proto-human female and male named Adam and Eve, where uh, these baculums are, are excised somehow. And um, ultimately, I was going to one of the last story was going to be about a whole secret society of proto-human women that actually are actively like breeding, like they're they're having male babies and cutting out their bacula and and just over hundreds of years breed the modern human male without a baculum who no longer. And, and my little, my little like movie tagline is so that, so that they no longer uh, will love the man. The man will no longer love the woman with their head, but with their heart Uh, (laughs) quite literally, because instead of having this instinctual sexual arousal, they have this, human sexual arousal, which involves blood from your heart to actually get aroused if you're a man. And it was like, well, that's, you know, that's both a metaphor and a literal truth. You know, it's like, no, you're going to love me with your heart. And so this is, and and then you take this whole idea of like, okay, let's say this is true, that there was this prehistoric secret society of women that bred modern human males. (laughs) And what is it? And and actually, 
every phallic symbol throughout history, which of which there are very, very, very many, <laughs> including our favorite monolith, um, is actually pointing. I mean, may 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 symbolize as uh, just as much as we have analyzed it to to symbolize, but but still traces even further back to the baculum and and and, and especially just this idea of the uh, the bone erection versus the the hydro the 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 blood you know erection which in a way is almost more like the blood you know ties man to woman uh with the blood of menstruation right um so that was gonna this is this is the this whole explanation is kind of the thematic underpinning of what will be many other stories that occur throughout all other different times in history and in the future and in even other dimensions, um, but are all going to be, this is the foundational kind of, uh, Uber, er, like proto mega meta symbol, <laughs> uh, that is, that is driving everything on the surface and the, in the rest of the narrative. <sighs> that, 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 that was actually super succinct and, uh, <laughs> very well, very well expressed. I totally was able to follow that. Rad. <laughs> so yeah, that's, it's kind of I, a very easy, convenient way to, to describe it is like, it's kind of like the, what, you know, the fun, the basic premise of Da Vinci Code, of this hidden line of Jesus. Like I'm, I'm kind of creating, I'm taking it way further back and basing it more in, uh, well, I guess there was nothing about the Da Vinci Code theory that wasn't necessarily something that could have happened in real life. Um, well, there's like the you know that sounds to me almost more like um, what what it calls for me is not so much a Da Vinci Code bloodline, but like um, oh, like an ancient aliens or something, right? Where it's like oh, this at some point there's these people who are basically steering the the genetic makeup of the human race. Um, there's even uh, gosh, there was a, I don't remember who it was. Do you, do you have any idea who Michael Tassarian is? Um, it doesn't matter. So. It doesn't matter. He, you know, he was a guy who did like, like all this, like, oh, Atlantis and uh, Atlantis, Hollow Earth, whatever. He was, he was, he was a guy who did a bunch of, sh- you know, had a bunch of lectures. He was, a, it was like a really weirdly like well-spoken, seemingly intelligent person with a lot of crazy out there theories. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I think it might've been him. Uh, just, that's the only reason I brought him up. Cause I was like trying to remember who, who said this, but someone was talking about this idea of, um, you know, some, whether it's, that's aliens or something spiritual or even like, like, I'm sure you're familiar with like the biblical idea of like Nephilim, right? Mm-hmm. Like who are these people? There, there's this other race mentioned in the Bible for like right. one sentence. Right. Who are who are these people that say, and then they bred with the human women, and it's like, wait, what? Who are these people? Right. Um, so people, you know, people read all into all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I think it might have been him. Someone said that. Um, so there's Isis, right? As this like female goddess figure, and then there's the Book of Genesis. And they were trying to say it was basically breaks down to like the genes of ISIS. Um, 
And that well, the this Isis is and this... Osiris story is totally like now that I've told you my kind of oh yeah, think about the Isis and Osiris story. She, right, she, he she she puts to... him back together with with without his penis or like with a so if this he has a golden 14, he, yeah originally he's fourteen pieces, then he's thirteen plus. The only thing that's really missing is this. So there's something in the penis missing after the story, after she puts him back together. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, that reminds me. I didn't even make exactly the whole reason I wanted to explain all that to you is because I. So there was a. a um, I had. I, I, ever since I kind of came up with this theory, I, I'm like, that's a lens through which I'm viewing a lot of stuff. And I was like, man, it would be great to just see if. I could find um, more references to this type of like or things that are ov- kind of overt in 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 pointing to this like um, to to this actually being something that could be because you know, that's the thing that I love to want to believe in like what if this is real you know <laughs> like and, I mean it's just very fun to, that for me that's a great motivator is to just like come up with some kind of crazy theory of every of of you know like you're saying the nephilim theory um so anyway so i was uh, in the last few weeks i've been rereading the sefer yetzirah the mm. okay uh, or or the 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 you know the the book by aria kaplan which is um because the separate the actual hebrew text of the sefer yetzirah is very short but it's this mass it's like a 300 page annotation of it and it's as far as I know, it's kind of the definitive in English uh, book interpretation of the Sefer Yetzirah. And um, I had been carrying around this one other thing that I thought I read in a Bible quote, or I knew I read somewhere about another person in the Bible who uh, had to um, uh acknowledge the covenant with Abraham. And if you remember, the covenant of Abraham is circumcision, okay? And that's the other big thing in the Bible that's about your cock, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um, and so that's kind of, I mean, uh, I was looking for that. So uh, another uh, a little development of the whole proto-women breeding um uh, modern males without baculums um, is that some of the ones, some of the first proto, or some of the first men that they breed, that they, that they bred, that were actually that were born without baculums, um, or no, no, I'm sorry, uh, when the men would get older, who who they had rem- like like the baby in the story I wrote, who gets hit cut out when he's an infant, when it's a tiny little bone. Um, uh, or no, I'm sorry, the, the, the older boys that have it done later, you know, and, uh, they would develop a scar from it and, uh, there would be, they developed a ritual where they would actually like trim that. And that is actually the, uh, the original behind the scenes real version of what ultimately evolved into the rite of circumcision, because also that's the other part of the whole thesis is like what en- what's ended up in the Bible is actually this big, like like just like in Da Vinci Code, like 
all of these stories have been rewritten and edited and things have been omitted and taken out, right? And so it implies, it suggests that there was all of these other things that were either left out or the stuff that was omitted or changed or whatever. Like, I'm speculating what some of these original stories may have been, okay? And so, anyway, it was, I've been carrying, I remember, I'm like, I read this somewhere where I think it's, Ezekiel or Elijah or one of these guys where they're they have to bend over and look up at their crotch to be reminded of the covenant with Abraham and um, and which is the covenant you know basically look at your dick to remember that you're circumcised but I'm like but the, but it specifically says you have to like bend over put your head between your knees and look up I'm like you don't need to you just need to look mm. down to see that you're circumcised <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why would you need to put your head in a position where you're looking underneath your dick? Because that's the scar of the that's the that rafe that scar I told you. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I was, and I remember when I found that, I'm like, oh fuck, this is this is the closest thing I could find that actually confirms this, or that that, that would really strongly suggest this. Because like, why that's so specific to to bend over and look up through your knees, put your face through in between your knees and remember the covenant. And so then I actually went on, I like subscribed to the Bible subreddit and I posted just one thing on there. I'm like, does anybody know where this is? And it was just the most out of left field kind of Reddit post in the Bible subreddit. Like where he's supposed to look, you know, put his, somebody's supposed to put their head between their knees to look at their crotch. Uh, and a bunch of people are like, uh, that's not in the Bible. You don't, and they said, they all said it. You don't need to look up under your crotch to see that you're circumcised. And so I gave up on it. And I could never fucking find this thing. And it's in the Sefer Yetzirah. And I mean, it's in this book. It's in the annotations that this guy is writing. Gotcha. And, okay. and it's, and it's actually not a super overt, um, uh, the, or the fact that he's looking up in his crotch, to be reminded of the covenant of circumcision. That's not in the Bible. What it is, is that it's, it's Elijah and it's in Kings 18, one Kings eighteen forty two. I can read it to you right now. Um, come on. No. Oh, it's totally in the wrong Kings. Okay. Here it is. Um, here it is. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. Um, but what the Sefer Yetzirah author says is that apparently in several official books of like the Zohar or other other very obscure Jewish mystical texts um, that are considered canon uh, that that's where they say this is because he's supposed to be reminded of the covenant and that so that so it's a super obscure suggestion <laughs> that it, that that's what this line actually means uh, but still I mean it's in the in the official writings of the of of Judaism, uh, I'm sure uh, someone else much more 
knowledgeable in that topic could probably confirm or whether or not that could be uh, considered canon or whatever. But anyway. So can you just, can you say, so I, I'm looking at, uh, I'm just doing some look up here. So I don't know if you've ever used like the Bible Gateway one uh, mm-hmm. website mm-hmm. that allow you different translations. Yes, I've seen that. So the, uh, if you go to the literal translation, it says he got up to the top of Carmel and he stretcheth himself out on the earth and he placeth his face between his knees. So I think there's something interesting there because I don't remember that. In you, what was the version you read when uh, he gets to the map? He bows down to the ground and or he, he bows down. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that exact page you're, you're on right now. I've been there and, um, then there's he, just some there's something there's something down. interesting about like the distinction between bowing down or stretching yourself out on the earth are kind of two different things, right? Yeah, no, mine says and then then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. So that's more suggesting he's getting into a prayer position. Yeah. Right? Cuz when you bow, you you bend somehow. That's the, I mean, that's the key word I think is the bend you know, like you, you you're bending and put it well to put your face between your knees you have to bend right so absolutely yeah um but yeah it doesn't suggest I, that's the thing I'm trying to track down next is more uh citations where I can point to people saying that he's doing that to be reminded of the covenant which you know it doesn't say in the bible uh, but but in this other book he makes he makes that connection. Yeah, exactly. And I remember I read I was it's early on in the book and I and and you know I've read it before. I haven't read the whole thing. Uh but I'd read that part and that's where I'd found it and I finally cuz I read read it years ago now. Um and it was and I couldn't remember and I had that in my head I was like I know I've read this somewhere. You know, and and I really needed to find the source because it really reinforced my idea. And I was just like, and it's great because I can include that, you know, like it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of date, it's the kind of uh, evidence that's great when you're putting forth these types of bizarre ideas that you want, you know, it's just the whole idea of kind of invent, inventing some event in the past that you're saying is, you know, you can trace through all human history or whatever in some interesting way, right? There's, this is not a new idea. I'm plenty of books, n- novels, or, or entire bodies of work have, have tried to, to do this, right? Absolutely, yeah. To, anyway. To turn, yeah, to, to expand upon something. Yeah. So that was, to answer your question, that's most recently I found that and it made me really happy. <laughs> um and definitely relit kind of a fire under my ass. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and the rest of, basically, I'm inventing a whole universe, basically, of, uh, like, the, of, of uh, characters and, and, and stories, you know, like, that, like, there's a whole group that's existed throughout history that knows this, and knows that this about what happened, you know, or knows that this is the kind of hidden truth behind the Garden of Eden story, right? And they're, you know, they're this 
powerful cabal. You know, your standard standard conspiracy, secret society type stuff. But that's that's their big secret, essentially. Is that and and they or they and they know how that has actually shaped everything since then. And they and so with that knowledge, they're able to understand. Um, because basically it also kind of claims that phallic symbolism or just genital related symbolism and reproductive and sexual symbolism. I mean, it's really Freudian in a lot of ways is, but is at the, is at this really deep core of all of our abstract thought. And if you are able to kind of map the DNA of how we create and process and use language, and all forms of, of communication, whether it's linguistic or nonverbal or whatever, um, you know, you can you can shape your language to have in a way that imbues it with extraordinary power. And this is of and this is one interpretation of basically what you could call magic, right? Um, and yeah, so this this is this is just the framework I'm I'm building for a for a epic fiction um uh and i think i sent this to you a couple years ago when i wrote it right after i wrote it i wrote it but this whole uh idea of like there's this separate dimension of reality which is where all commercials come from and everybody actually lives in it i I sent you that like it was an idea for a tv show where the yes yeah yeah. i do remember that Uh uh-huh totally incorporating that's a part of it that's getting drawn into it um and I sent you this other thing, I think, once that was like, uh, you know, about a guy just almost have like a, an insane person having a conversation with himself, like breaking down all these things about language. Right. That was part of the uh, I, I, I think I sent all of these to you at the same time, actually, or at least the Adam and Eve story and this other one that was called Aimless Idler. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, if not at the same time around around the around the same time, certainly. Right. Yeah. So the, all of that's ultimately going to get connected. So the idea is that I'm going to have 10 or 11, I think actually 11. Yeah. Uh, or maybe actually no, either seven or 11, because both of those numbers have the word Eve in them. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, stories like the, the short story about, you know, that, that had Adam and Eve characters in it. Um, I'm going to write seven or 11 of those. I can't decide which yet. Um, that are basically, uh, speculatively are these lost kind of Adam and Eve stories that were, were censored or were destroyed by, you know, the council of Nicaea or whatever, you know, whenever it was eventually even actually no, that at the, at the composition of the, the Hebrew Bible, this is even way before then. Like these are, these are super ancient stories before even those stories were written that were basically, the actual original myths or, or or whatever, not myths, actual events. And each one contains a, you know, a story about a, a proto human female and male that I, in every one I'm going to call Adam and Eve and some type of situation where, um, the, the baculum is either, you know, is removed or exposed. Um, they're all going to be pretty, horrific little body horror pieces basically um and 
they're all going to contain similar symbols as the rim. You know, each one will contain like a tree and a piece of fruit. Like in the one that I wrote already, the fruit is the this this piece of fruit that Eve has that she chews up into a ointment um, to prepare for the the procedure. Right. Um, it's like an almost like an anointment, literally like a, a this whole idea of yeah, court, yeah. Right? which is also part of uh, the ISIS story. They have to they anoint him, which is basically they lube him up. OK. For the sexual act. There's right? also. Um, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not super up on my Bible stuff, but I think it's. um The, the whole like, Jacob's ladder vision. Yep, he is to make take like a mound, like to form a rock, or, or like to take a rock or form a form a mound or whatever, and then cover it in this oil. And so basically, he like makes a little like earth phallus, covers it in oil to mark like where he slept. Uh huh. And had well, this mounds, dream. A mound is a vaginal symbol, I think. I I think. I mean, I I could see how you could call it either. But I've always found a, a mound or a breast or a, a breast symbol. But because I mean, there literally is. I mean, that's a that's a uh, that's slang, isn't it? Like it's not very commonly used. But the mound is like the the pelvic bone right above the the vagina or whatever, right? Mm. Does that make sense? Or I I get what you're saying. I guess I've always pictured if you're like rubbing oil on this like. Because, like, even, like, the name, like, Peter means rot. So, I don't know, they're, like, you know, like, there's the idea of putting oil on this dirt pile I always took as a as a phallic thing. Yeah, I think... I totally see what you mean. Um, again, I, I, I'm not... The, the, the actual language of the quotes aren't... Um, sure. I, I don't have that recall, um, and it's not something I've super studied, anyway, but... Yeah, um, I want to... I don't want to nitpick over... It's it's genital it's 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 genital. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess I just was thinking like um, the 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 action of the, there's a few stories like that of right make, taking either a rock or a mound of dirt and covering it in oil and basically lubing it up and it's so to me is so indicative of that ISIS story of forming a phallus. And anointing it, yeah, it just to me it seems so so much in the same. Well, I mean that's the anointment is just a, it's an archetypal kind of thing that happens with gods, right? It's in a lot of different mythological systems. It's in Greek mythology. It's in I mean it's in all of them really. There's some kind of oil, sacred oil that's applied. It's been changed. I mean in some in some traditions it's like the feet or. Right, I think even in Christianity, isn't it the feet? Well, there's like the washing of the feet. Yeah, um, it's a really common thing. So yeah, so um, that's that's one of the symbols that will. Always, or in that case, the fruit was the source of the of the of the ointment, and then there's there's going to be a tree and um, what else? Oh, and a, and some kind of. Uh, serpent but act- well actually the serpent um is actually the phallus i think 
So that's the one thing. That's the one symbol that is going to be trans transplanted, I guess, to an human anatomy. Um, but yeah, so all of these, each of the stories will contain those sets of symbols, and there'll be like there's going to be one, unfortunately, where that'll that'll probably involve um, a br- an attack. Uh, it almost doesn't make sense to call it rape because it's by a proto-human male with a baculum who's doing it on instinct. And it it feels weird saying that, but, um, and in the middle of it, in the struggle of it, you know, it's broken and it's very unpleasant. Um, but so the idea is to like establish a history of how the knowledge, how the, how these women determined that this is something that needed to happen in the first place. It's like, oh, they figured this out that these they're being their 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 lives are constantly like threatened uh by these instinctual barbaric sexual attacks basically um or and and it's somehow it's you know some eventually has this idea that oh it's this bone and you know and and, and it's a pretty when, once you really unpack it <laughs> it's like very far fetched but that's the idea. So, um, and then I'm, and I'm going to use that to try to trace, to, to reinterpret all sorts of symbolic, uh, or important symbolic, uh, events and, and symbols themselves throughout history from any tradition I really want. And that's kind of, so that's the basic kind of massive framework I'm using as a filter to kind of cherry pick different things throughout history to reinterpret and then also invent fictional stories and characters and stuff to, you know, populate that world. So that's, so that's to answer your question. That's where it's at. <laughs> Sorry, I was muted here. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at something. There's one more story. I think that might, might be interesting to you. No, not, not not the bronze serpent. So, um, is it Aaron? So basically, um, there's a part where, like the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew, what's interesting to me is because they're referring to it as. Ma- like the literally having a magical battle. Um, this is see. a Bible story. It's a Bible story. Um, and basically, like, if I remember right, it's Moses, but it might be his brother Aaron. I don't know. Oh, is this about the rod? Yeah. So that he, yeah, the rod, like story. him and the like, basically the Egyptian magicians and the Hebrew magicians have like a magic fight. Yep. They're like, oh, my magic stronger than your magic, and they do this thing where like he turns the rod into a snake, yep. and then turns it back to a rod again. Yep. Um, I know. I don't know the specifics of the story, but I'm aware of that. And I mean, specifically, just the rod transforming into a snake, and that it's Moses and Aaron. Yeah, and I, there's I need something. Shut up. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, Exodus 710. Cool. Aaron threw his staff down. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Um, here, so this is Exodus 710. So basically, I don't know, it's, when you were telling this whole story, there was something in my mind which, um, you know, like basically the stiff rod turning into a essentially like a flaccid, a flaccid. P- penis and then yeah. going back into a rod. There's, there was something there, and I just thought that might oh, yeah. be an interesting oh, uh, yeah. story for you to dig into. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it totally is. And it's, it's I mean, that's the thing. It's like, um, well, just the, this idea of, of, a, of a line and a curve, right? Which is essentially like you kind of something that's that's erect or or flaccid, right? I mean that's really the most. Those are the basic elements of like alphabets. Oh, sorry. Can I read this to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually gonna, I prefer. I'm going to go to the the literal version and see if it says the same thing because that's fucking interesting. Yeah. Um. So I just want to check it. So it says, so Mo- this is Exodus 7, 10 to 12. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Wow. That's... Well, as, while it was a serpent? Or does it... Does... It, it doesn't clarify, but that's... Yeah. Interesting. Gosh, well, just, yeah, I, gotta, I gotta think about that. Yeah, if there... I'm gonna see if there's any more... Um, try and find the, the... You know, the rest of the story if it keeps going after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes it just veers off into a different. That's the way the Bible is. It's just, a story is told in like one sentence, and then it, it's another one. But um, oh, my internet is there. We go. Um, still, uh, yeah. So basically. See, I have made you a god of Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron should be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I mo- uh, his heart, mm-hmm. and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I'll lay my hand on Egypt, which I don't. By the way, of the that other story you said about the dude putting his face in his crotch. Mm-hmm. If you did, you read the rest of that chapter. It talks about. Um, a cloud appearing on the horizon that looks like a palm of the hand, and then it turns into the hand of God. Uh, it's interesting because, like, there's palm is a, there's a Hebrew letter uh, that specifically refers to palm. It was just a, it brought up some stuff for me, anyway. Yeah. So here we have the, the hand of God and Pharaoh's heart are all being mentioned here. So the Egyptians uh, stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. 
Now, Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to the Pharaoh. And then when Pharaoh says, you prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh and it, that it may become a serpent. So they did just the word commanded, cast it down. Aaron's blah, 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 blah. Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. The next line is, still Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. And then it goes into plagues and stuff. He's like saying, all right, well, he didn't do that. Let's try something else. But it literally follows up with still Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Right. So this this idea that you're going to of like loving with the heart, um, there's something there. I don't know. Right. Well, no, I mean, it's it's also just uh, there's all there's all sorts of references to different parts of the body, like in every sacred text. Right. And there's also I think what's interesting here is they're they're using the the spectrum of materials in the body that ranges from solid liquid to gas, all of the different states of matter. Right. You've got bone and you've got ga- gas in your in your digestive system and you've got liquid in your blood and other bodily fluids right um and that's a great you can take that structure and map it to emotional you can map it like in the statement of his heart became hard now they're mapping that onto an emotional spectrum you know from and and they're using almost the states of matter or the 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 materials of the human body uh, to express the range, the spectrum of emotions from love to fear or whatever, if you believe the teacher in Donnie Darko. Um, <laughs> and uh, right. Um, and this is, this is, this is what I, I love is where you can kind of keep this really literal basic structure, like the, the states of matter, gas liquid and and solids um and and then map it onto the physical body and then you can map it into the emotional aspect of the body which is another step removed from the the physical and then you can map it into the spiritual you know and um that and and then you just keep pulling that original really basic structure of the states of matter up up through more and more outside of just the body into and its emotional and spiritual uh aspects then into the community and the physical the natural world and and on and on and on and the culture everything you know what i'm saying so and that's that that's the um that's the goal i guess of my project whatever it is is to is to drag uh, that type of <clears throat> basic fundamental symbol through all of these layers of complexity and maintain and try, somehow try to express the thread so that the reader can experience it. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, can you I mean, it, it, image experience it in a profound way, like where it, you know, Using all the, you know, and try try to tell a story that that expresses that somehow. And that's that's still what's eluding me is exactly how to just fit this all into a narrative, like a larger narrative. But I have the rest of my life to figure that out. 
There are some really funny drawings, I gotta say. What's that? I, I just dropped one into the chat, and I'm dropping oh. another here. Oh, wow. Well, that's the other thing. And, and I don't, you know, if you want me to stop constantly referring back to penises and baculums, just say the word. But I look at that and I see, you know, uh, a phallus within a phallus, right? So these, and it's like the bone inside the. Yeah, the bone inside the bone for sure. Right. Yeah, I totally see that. Yeah, I just Google searched Aaron's rod turning into a serpent, and there's just like some funny drawings. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's see, this is helpful. I haven't. That's good. I'm glad I brought this up. Aaron's rod turning. God, this keyboard sucks. Wow. Did you hear that? Yeah. Those are foxes. Oh, really? It's yeah. not like a screeching bird or something. Dude, it sounds like babies being murdered when foxes are like playing and fighting. I swear to God. It sounds like it's the, it's the first time we heard it. It scared the shit out of us. And it's never, it never isn't freaky. But yeah, you hear them running around and fighting or playing. And it's, like, <laughs> it's so twisted. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Ooh, what is this? Aaron's rod that budded phosphate backbone, and oh, it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought you'd like that. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. You sent that to me in chat. I was looking at it in Google Images. Oh! <laughs> we both gravitated <laughs> to the same one. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, very, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, there's now. Oh, yeah, I, I love these fucking crazy, like conspiratorial, symbolic infographic diagrams. <laughs> you know, I love these things, man. No matter no matter how loony some of them get, I just like looking at them. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the other thing. I want to fill. I want to make like hundreds of those and put them in the book. You know, oh shit, three eight five eight. Three eight five? Oh dear. What's up? That's just a I'm looking at this. I went to this link. Here, let me send it to you. God damn, I'm I'm using a different I'm using my work laptop and I'm not used to it. That was my solution for a better microphone. Um Okay. So I don't you probably don't remember and I don't. I wouldn't blame you at all. But the the novel excerpt I did send you with the one that's all like the linguistic con, uh, wild speculation of the crazy guy. Um, on the co- there's a cover, uh, you know, that I made for the book that's called Aimless Idler, and but the author just says the number three eight five, or that's just all it says at the bottom. It's just at the top. It says Aimless Idler, and at the bottom it says three eight five, and that's what I'm. That's my pseudonym. <laughs> um, and I was I went to this site that I just sent you and I was scrolling down 
and there's I've become very accustomed to spotting that number now wherever I see it. But it's Strong's number 3858 Lahat in red letters. Do you see that? I don't even know what it's about. I just saw it. That's so to answer your question. I don't see that. In red letters? Do you sc- the, the, is there like a YouTube clip of... Oh, there. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this whole page now and see what it's about. Uh, yeah, something very interesting. Oh, they also saved me the trouble. I was going to look for this YouTube clip. And they saved me the trouble. Of Oh, of Moses? Yeah, the... Uh, I wanted to see... I saw a photo. I wanted to see how it was done in this Ten Commandments movie. Charlton Heston. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty cool special effect, man. Oh, the way they... Let my... Is that Yule Brenner as the... Yeah. Nice. I've never actually watched this. Oh, now they're going to turn their staffs. This is a, is a really... That was a really cool special effect. Wow, that's great. Some with, like, some hand-drawn animation. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I just saw it. Oh, oh dear. Cool, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks like Disney. Like when they've done that in some of their old, like in Mary Poppins or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm did you make it? Did you make it to the end where he turns it back into a rod? Oh no, 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 okay. Let me see that part. Do they eat each other too? Well, it's all people. <laughs> people are pointing and saying it's happening, but we don't see it. Right. I guess they couldn't figure out how to make how to do that effect. <laughs> The serpents swallow up the others. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wow. Maybe I should watch that. Um, yeah, man. That's crazy. Well, the other thing, what's interesting too is that the word. Um, Baculum, the definition of it being penis bone is modern. Uh, it's a Latin word and means staff, scepter, or wand. Mm-hmm. And before that, its Proto Indo European root is like club or, you know, just weapon. Um, Or, or, you know, stick, basically. Or cudgel, actually. That's another one. Actually, it's actually, there's a, there's a, a legal term called 
argument argumento ad baculum or whatever and it's called like logic via the cudgel which is basically like it's the it's like the literal like legal term that means your 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 style of argument is through violence mm, so, okay okay <laughs> right yeah i mean it's a um argue well, where is it argumento argument and the u key on this fucking computer doesn't work arg ad baculum let's see oh i need a u why is my u key not working i have to type u at least three times Oh well. Arg. I'll use a different letter. Boculum. Boculum. Nope. That's so annoying. Anyway. Um. So yeah, I mean that's that's where I really got attached to it because it's like, man, the staff, the phallus, you know. These are great super archetypal symbols through which I can have a lot of fun, you know, because they're everywhere in every, you know, culture. You can trace stuff like that. So that's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's. It's, it's a fun framework through which to, like, look at all sorts of stuff. Sure. <laughs> well, I don't know how. I don't know how. Um, yeah, I'll have to do some work on this at the end here, anyway, because I don't know what. It's probably not very exciting to listen to four minutes of silence and then. That's true. Then it'll be easy to find in the edit. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to it. Um, it's it's great to get some feedback. It just, but like working on it, just made me realize, like, oh shit, I'm I'm competent at this. I should do this more. It was really fun. Um, but it's like, oh, wait, I don't have another scene from a big budget TV show to put music to. I just have this one. So it was like, you know, oh, well. But, man, it's, it's you know, and I'm like, oh, I should try to get some jobs doing this. And it's like, oh, as soon as you enter that world, you're like, oh, yeah. It's filled with thousands and thousands of people all vying for the same, like, 10 gigs. And it's cutthroat. And it's like, I already have a job. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, why, it's one of the reasons why, like, I was in the last few years where I was able to separate myself from... Uh, once I was separated from the business aspect of SyncBook, of like, all right, well, I'm not trying to do this to make money. yeah. And my production's lower because I just don't have the time. Like, okay, so I'm going to work this other job that pays my bills. Right. So I don't have all the time I used to have. But it means it also means, like, when I do something, it's because I actually want to do something. And I can put my, I don't know, it's just like it, I'm really happy with the, that sort of change of mindset instead of having to worry about, like, running a business or right. you know, all that sort of shit. It's like I have a job. I do my job. And then I'll, hey, you want a podcast or something? Here's that. Right. The only the only downside, and I've I've had the exact same shift in terms of like uh, doing it for myself or for a 
attempting to make a living from it. The only downside from from that shift, I think, is that there is something that is very powerfully motivating about, you know, doing it for some external deadline or or you know, or somebody's paying you or or whatever, uh, or it's you know. May, after making that shift, I'm, I've become starkly aware of how hard it is to summon that same level of motivation. Uh, for me personally, at least, I don't know. Uh, if it's absolutely, you. yeah. No, it's, it's it is. It's, it's depressing. It's also I'm just more tired. I'm just like I'm fucking tired. Like yeah. So I just I just worked all week, and now I'm like, cool. I have today off, and maybe I'll get some work done today. And I'm like, I'm just like I'm sitting here, and I'm like, man, I'm fucking tired. Exactly. I want to fucking like. Oh, fuck, man. No, but I don't know. It's like, um, it's it's definitely hard. The, this, the, the period of the quarantine was really nice for me. So it was, it was nice and, you know, horrifying in, in some ways. Sure. But um, it was really nice in the sense of thinking, reconnecting with creating this stuff. Where I got, yeah. I mean... I don't know. It's 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 fascinating. You had, you had the time to do it. So you were. I had time to do it that I haven't had in a long time. So I had t- I had more time, and then once I put in a little of that time into this, I was like, oh yeah, I really like this. Exactly. And and, and what's funny is actually when quarantine was like, then it's like, I don't know if I want to go. I, so even though I just finished saying I'm really happy with like having a job and like separating the money from SyncBook. It's funny because my this last few months, what it did was make me realize, well, this, this is what I want to do for a living, though. It's like, yeah, I or just I was what I want to do with my time. I, this is what I want to do with my time. God, I wish someone would pay me to do this. I know. Um, maybe that there's a distinction between this is what I want to do for a living. And, you know, it's like, again, it's not that I want to restart like the whole members section to make all that sort of shit or it's just that I, there's something about this is how I want to spend my days is making artwork. And I, it sucks that I'm going to, I have to go and spend five exhausting days at this other building doing all this stuff to, have a little free time to work on this and that's it is a shame um but it's uh you know it's fucking it's life and it's it's uh, i'm i've i've found a balance before i'll find it again it's i'm i'm really frustrated because just before coronavirus man i'd hit this like really sweet balance like i had gotten into a groove where i was still able to produce videos like you know i mean not like it took me maybe three months to make uh, an episode of the 2020 or whatever, but I was able to do that while working and I was really happy with my schedule. Yeah. Uh, I had, at that point I had like seniority and just like all these sorts of things. I had the most ideal schedule for me, for my body, for my money, for everything. I had a great schedule. I had, t- and time and energy and interest in working and my free time and I'd like really hit the sweet spot. Now it feels like I'm cranking up again. And like, so it's, I find myself a lot, though I've only been back to work for like two weeks, but I, I find myself much more tired than I used to be of like, sure. 
I'm just out of out out of the zone, if you will. You know, it's like I spent three months at home, and now suddenly I'm like, oh right, I have to run around for twelve hours. Yeah, totally. Now I just want to fucking sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I think I'll find that balance again, and um, well, you definitely will. I mean, if you really want it, you will. And, and I know that you do. Yeah, I do. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that being said, I should probably put some food in me. And... Yeah, I was just looking at the, myself, realizing it's it's pretty late over here. Um, this up. Well, it was damn good to hear your voice and, yeah. and see your face. I'm sorry I couldn't show you my beautiful no mug problem. over here but um Likewise, man. that was a great conversation yeah we... i'll probably um i'm gonna cut some chunks out towards the end here a few yeah. few things yeah i was thinking i could just cut everything from that point on but i might try and work if you want to like i don't know if it all, well, we could like promote your uh westworld score um get oh, some views oh, on it no no no, it's it's what well, it's, it's not really about getting views. Oh, it's not you. Yeah, I mean you can. I mean it's. I don't care. I'll leave. Uh, I'll leave that stuff in though. But sure. I guess I just have to sort of make make a little some creative edits there. I just need the link to the video. That's Correct. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's easy have. enough. Yeah, yeah. and I'm it. able to link to stuff on you know on these older episodes. Oh, right. by the way, I'm gonna leave you with one last note. You mentioned like seeing, you know, the world like Neo Matrix stuff, and you mentioned, uh, um, uh, David Bohm. I don't yeah. know if you saw. I dropped in here earlier a link to Always Record Episode One Hundred and One. Oh yeah, I did see that. I, I yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. No, it's okay. It's to say um, that's uh, a gentleman who worked with Bohm that uh, we interviewed and um and the graphics i did for it was basically like the neo matrix stuff so it just m- might be something oh, i think this guy is in pete yeah i think he's in the documentary i just saw um which it's uh yeah he's in david pete yeah he's in this documentary i just watched it just came out you can watch it for free on youtube it's really good um, what is the documentary it's called infinite potential Okay. Yeah, somehow I don't know how I found out about it, but like I actually got to be invited to like they premiered it as a live stream uh last Saturday and I watched it in real time with a bunch like which I've never really done a video live stream, but that's how I saw it. It was great. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's really good. Um and they the they had like a little chat with the the director live afterward and he says just so you know this there's a director's cut coming that goes way more into his theories which is great because it's kind of a i mean they do go into it in the in in the theatrical cut if you will um but it's still more kind of your standard biographical documentary but it's david bohm so it's great it's really good yeah i'll, I'll totally do it. i'm gonna check this out that's real and that's really exciting yeah He's fascinating. It made me really want to look more into him. I've known about him for a while and have listened to him, listened to some talks of his, and he's amazing. I mean, he's the only, he's the only like, you know, 
well-regarded, legit scientists that I know of on, on his level that delved as deep as he did into, you know, the other side of the coin. Um, and I love that. I love, I like that intersection, you know, more than anything where the, those two worlds meet. But, uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend you check that out and you can, you should, um, let the sync community know. I'm sure they would love to hear about it. If, if some of them haven't stumbled on it yet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to dig, I'm going to dig into this, uh, hopefully in the next, the next two days. Awesome. All right, well, listen, have a great night. Um, yes, you let's, too. Let's try and find a way to do this again sooner than later. Absolutely. I'm all for that, like, for real. <laughs> it would be great. All right, man. Have a great day, all right? Yeah, you too, Alan. Take care. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye.